Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Monday edition of The Yard. Hope things are well with you wherever you are today. It's a little bit muggy out there, folks. Mississippi humidity is here. It's one of those things, too, you kind of look up and you think, you know, man, goodness, it's starting to get hot. And you think, well, yeah, it's July. But, man, it seems like you know the month of June was over in about 15 minutes. But the first, you know, 90 days of uh, spring and all that stuff, like it took forever, you know, because we're all so cooped up. But, uh, man, it is off and running. And, listen, it's <laughs> like five and a half months from now, we're going to be getting ready for Christmas. I mean, you know, it's it's incredible to think about how the world has changed since we were all together for the Music City Bowl in Nashville. we got a new coach. We've got a new way of doing things. We've got a new offense. We've got new protocols. We've got new worries. A lot's changed. That's one of the things I think about with Christmas gifts and all the things that go on with that. And there's all these issues with this contactless delivery now. And it's, you know, sometimes the people that drop off your packages absolutely don't care if you get them or not. They'll just throw them out in the front yard and the dogs tear them up and, and you got to reorder. Hope for the best. I mean, it's just so much of that, that that's changed, and there's still so much that we're learning and kind of evolving as a society uh, to kind of accommodate uh, a new way of living. But I'm not here to talk a whole lot about that, but we are going to talk about some COVID-19 stuff, some things that I have learned after some discussions with some people kind of about, yeah, listen, how do, what do we do if this happens? What do we do if this happens? And there's a lot of discussions out there, but, you know, it's funny that uh, – you know, we had the uh, the great flag debate that kind of distracted us there for a couple of weeks. But as soon as that's resolved, the, the agents of panic go right back into something else for you to worry about. You know, I mean, there, there's never, ever, ever, as the kids say, any chill with those people. It's like we go from one thing to another. And as I've cautioned you guys about before, it's like the same people, the same people that worried openly that Ole Miss was going to steal all of our football recruits when Lane Kiffin was hired. You know, the same people that said, oh, well, this kid's going to back out of its national letter of intent, and this is going to happen. And, of course, none of those things happened. None of them. And so the same people that worried about that worry about all of this. And so, you know, again, as soon as we get one thing handled, you know, they have to find the next crisis to kind of move forward to. And so I'm just going to encourage you, just unfriend those people or mute them. Because life is too short and death is too certain to constantly have people that are just speaking drama over and over and over again. Uh, I want to talk about sports. I want to talk about uh, what's happening with Mississippi State. And sometimes there are other topics that intersect with that, as you guys are well aware. It wasn't too long ago we had uh, some student athletes, of course, uh, DeMonte Russell and uh, Jaquavius Purvis that were involved in a... uh, you know, in an accident, you know, and so that, and that was the uh, the night before uh, signing day, you know, so we were all kind of dealing with that, and then we kind of moved forward because we had so many other things going on with the coaching change and, uh, you know, hiring new staff members and that sort of stuff, and you kind of forget about all that, and uh, it kind of puts it in perspective when you go back and look and to think, I remember it wasn't too terribly long ago that we were all kind of united in prayer for these young people, and uh, they still need your prayer. And just in case you weren't aware, you know, they're not back 100% just yet either. So uh, I think, you know, probably bypassing the spring might have been good for them. But uh, there are some things coming up in fall football that we're going to have to address. 
And there are a lot of people out there, it's like, you know, they cannot help themselves and say, well, you know, if we, if we play, if we play. Because trust me, every time that I post an article on one of those Facebook groups, it doesn't matter what the topic is. There's always somebody that, that, that there's this undying need for attention, I guess, and say, well, you know, if we play. I mean, really? You don't, you don't think we all share the same concern and we need to be reminded of that? You know, it's like the people that you see them at Walmart, you know, and you're walking in. Hey, hot enough for you? No, nah, no, nah, it's not, matter of fact. No, no. Can we, can we get maybe 15, 20 more degrees, you clown? You know, this kind of stuff is just so irritating to me. And I, I'll be honest with you guys. I have had a difficult day. I've had a difficult uh, 24 hours or so. I've been very, very frustrated about a lot of things. And I woke up, man, and, and it seemed like it was one thing after another. And uh, I got in a foul mood. But I was determined I'm going to turn this thing around. So the top ten list today is kind of uh, my way of turning the day around. And and one of those life lessons that I have learned through working a program of recovery all these years, I'm going to share with you some of that today because I believe it's important. Maybe it's not a good day to talk about music. And, you know, it's funny, I, I shared several top ten lists because inevitably whenever I have a top ten list, there are people that go on Gene's page and say, hey, Steve, I disagreed with your top ten list or I didn't like this, whatever. And then there are some people who have no clue what we're talking about. So I go post those top 10 lists over there occasionally. And, you know, July 4th is kind of a slow day for us. And so some people had asked about the list. So I put about 10 lists up, got some attention. Most of them got people liked them. A couple people didn't, but that's okay. Uh, that's part of the deal, you know. I figured it's a good day to push it out there. I had the list handy, and let's go ahead and write them. So uh, dealt with all that. And uh, I hope that you guys had a great holiday weekend. Listen, there are some people out there that will want to guilt you into uh, to enjoying yourself. I am not one of those folks. I think any time that we have a chance to get together with friends and family, it's a good thing. you got to be smart. you got to protect yourself. Some people kind of overdo it. Uh, but I had a great time. Spent some time with some friends. And uh, my birthday was Friday, as you guys are aware. Thanks so much for the many of you that reached out to say uh, happy birthday. It's always good to be recognized for that. I, I wish I was a better Facebooker. You know what I'm saying? There, there are some people that are just, you know, religious about all that. And they, 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 they're so, you know, great about their Facebook stuff. I got a guy I went to high school with by the name of Jay Carney. I've been getting Facebook messages from Jay on my birthday since I had a Facebook account. You know, a lot of people just go on your wall and say, hey, happy birthday. And they'll post a picture of the bulldog or whatever. But Jay is one of those guys, he sends me a personalized message every year on my birthday, and we weren't even that close in high school. He was a great guy, but we were not that close. And so I remember that. I remember those kinds of things, that people take the time to say hello, and I wish I was better about that. I really do. And I know that I'm a busy person. I need to give myself a break every now and again. But I wish I was a little better, a little more thoughtful when it comes to all that stuff. I want to remind you, our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company, very, very, very thoughtful folks. Go by and see them. You need to go by and have the spring rolls. We're back on that train again. I think sometimes people forget how great they are. The spring rolls are the best appetizer in Starkville proper. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I think it's important for people to kind of appreciate that. You know, we're kind of blessed to have such a great establishment right here in the Golden Triangle in Starkville. It's Bulldog Burger Company. Go buy, find your favorites. I had somebody message me to said the day, Steve, I went and tried Bulldog Burger Company for the very first time. I had the Lauren based on your recommendation. It was outstanding. You're going to feel the same way. Have the Lauren, have the Pimentology, have the Mission. 
you know, and listen, if you don't, listen, if you don't, if you want to know frills, but all thrills hamburger, get the bulldog. You don't have to have all these crazy uh, spices and flavors and that kind of stuff. I like to walk on the wild side a little bit, so I, want, I kind of color outside the lines. But if you just say, you know what, Steve, I just want a great, straightforward rock and roll hamburger, you go get the Bulldog. You're going to be glad you did. Two locations now to serve you right here on University Drive in Stark Vegas and on Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. Go by, find your favorites. You'll be glad you did. Bulldog Burger Company, the place for people in Starkville and Tupelo, go to meet. M-E-A-T. So let's get into some football talk. There are a lot of people out there that say, hey, listen, we're never going to play football again. Never. We're never, ever, ever going to play football again. And I think there are some people that enjoy uh, invoking a reaction from people and kind of getting everybody fired up, thinking, oh, my gosh, what does he know? And a lot of them, I mean, they say they don't know anything. They know that other people have told them that they don't know and that people have offered opinions and that sort of stuff. But, uh, you know, listen, there, there is some real concern. It's, it's, it'd be naive to think that, oh, well, this is all behind us now because it's not all behind us now. This is still something we're all kind of dealing with, and it's important that everybody continues to follow the proper protocols to ensure their health and, and, and many others. I mean, there's part of that's being a good, a good citizen. That's one of the things one of my good friends, uh, you, if you're a jeans pager and you've been a, a chat guy for a long time, the chief of chat, hind dog, one of the things that you know, we talk about a lot is it, one of the biggest keys to life is just being a nice person. You know, if you'll just be nice to other people, if you'll just be considerate of other people, if you'll just allow yourself to kind of get out of your own stuff just for a few minutes and think about everybody else, it is amazing how life opens up for you. I mean, just be a good person. You, and you don't have to be, you know, a philanthropist. You don't have to be an activist. If you can just be a nice person, it is incredible how everything around you kind of just moves a little bit quicker. You know, you go into a gas station or whatever, and the clerk's stressed and it's busy and everything, and you just take a deep breath. You know, say hello. Be nice. It's incredible the quality of service you'll get just by being nice to other people. It, there's, there's no books you need to read. You don't need to go to some Franklin Covey class or, you know, uh, you know pay all your money to take some online uh, course. Just be nice to people. P- treat people with respect. But let's talk about this other stuff here. Let's talk about some of the protocols that I have heard about because we have talked about, you know, what do you do if this happens? What do you do? So I asked some of the people that are involved in some of that decision-making process. What happens if this, then what? And so one of the things that I have been worried about is like your quarterback room. What happens if one of your quarterbacks tests positive and then everybody in the room is infected? You know, because those guys spend so much time together watching film. They're, uh, they're in meetings together. They're breaking down stuff. They're watching their practice film. Um, they're going through game plan install. So they're in you know, kind of tight quarters regularly. And all positions are like that. But let's be honest, there's only one quarterback on the field. And so if you lose your starting quarterback, in many ways you've probably lost your season. And so there are a few things that I have heard. Number one, a lot more of those meetings are going to happen virtually. A lot more of those meetings, those you know, game planning meetings, that sort of stuff, and cutting up film and stuff, a lot of that is going to happen virtually through a Zoom call rather than everybody sitting in, you know, an 8 by 10 room uh, sharing the same air. Because those people obviously are just as smart as we are and more so because they understand they're going to be charged with putting a winning product on the field regardless of the circumstances. 
And so one of the safeguards is going to be to kind of handle a lot of those meetings virtually. And then a lot of the instruction, of course, is going to happen outside. Now, there's no guarantee, no matter how, many, how often you wear a mask, if you don't wear a mask. I mean, there's some of those things, too, that, you know, there's like a divine prophecy and all this stuff. You know, sometimes if you're meant to get it, you're going to get it. But that said, I mean, it's just like, it's one of those things that, and I don't, I don't want to be political about any stuff. I'm, I'm trying to do my best to avoid those topics. But it's just like, when we had the AIDS crisis in the 80s. And I remember when people said, you know what? If, if it's my time, it's my time. But you know, it's incredible when people began to protect themselves, how that became less of a concern for us. You know, it's like, well, I'm just going to live the way that I want to, and then, you know, whatever happens, happens. But, you know, when, you, when we began to take precautions, you know, the, the AIDS epidemic kind of subsided. And, there, listen, there are still people that struggle with that. I'm not trying to make light of that in any way whatsoever. But my point being is that because of the steps that were taken to take precautions, to take some personal responsibility for ourselves, we diminished our risk of being infected. This is a similar circumstance. You know, obviously, you, you, know, you can't pick and choose uh, who walks by in Walmart, where you, you, know, you kind of do pick and choose, you know, who maybe you have relationships with. But, uh, but all that being said, there is some personal accountability for that, you know, to protect yourselves and those around you. Uh, but some of this instructions are going to take place more on the field, you know, kind of an open air. So, you know, kind of lessen the, the risk of infection. And let's say, for an example, you know, what happens if one of your quarterbacks, let's say your quarterback tests positive, you know, for COVID. What do you do? What do you do at that point? Well, he's got to go into quarantine. I'm told one of the things that's being considered is that the starter, let's say, for an example, and God forbid, okay, I'm not trying to speak this into existence. I'm just trying to speak hypothetically here. Let's say K.J. Costello tests positive for COVID and he's asymptomatic and he's not sick or anything, but he's positive. Well, then what happens? Well, you got to test everybody. Everybody's been in contact with to ensure that they're good. But but what do you do about your quarterback? You got a ball game to play on Saturday. I'm told one of the things that would happen, one of the things that's being considered, is that let's say Garrett Schrader was your number two and going to start the ball game on Saturday, he would then be removed from all team activities in person. He would work through the walkthrough and stuff with some staffers only from a safely secured social distance and then join the team on game day. I mean, that seems like a lot, but the bottom line is this, is uh, you got to go put a quarterback out there. I mean, we can't all do the Lynn Bowden thing at Kentucky last year. You know, we're going to have to have some guys that are protected. So if you're starting quarterback test positive, you got to go into crisis mode. You know what? Here's what we got to do. Your drastic times call for drastic measures. Then all of a sudden, Garrett Schrader might even, uh, you know, just be completely isolated from a team until it's time to, to go Friday. You know, it's just one of those things that happens. One of the things that I've, I've been told they're working towards, don't know when this will happen, you know, because right now, you know, there was a big delay – in testing results, you know, now they're getting them back pretty quick. You know, I, I had a, da- a daughter that tested negatively, thank goodness, but she tested, and then within, I think, three days, she had her results. They're trying to ramp up that, and let's say, for an example, that uh, let's there's a drop dead date, let's say by Thursday, 
you know, when a team gets ready to travel, that you could test, say, on a Thursday morning, and then by Thursday evening, you know that the team is negative before you get on the plane you know, to fly to Lexington or something. And so they've got to speed that up, and I don't know if it happens in time for fall football or not, but I know that is something they're working towards. And let's say you got a home game and everybody tests on Friday, and then if you're clean, then, then everybody's good to go. But if you're not, then you're going to be you know, quarantined away from the rest of the roster in hopes that you won't infect anybody else. And so those are some things you're working for as well. And uh, one of the, the ideas that I have heard about, and I've read about this, and it turns out this is not uh, uncommon, there is some discussion about wide receivers taking reps on both sides of the football. Because, let's say for an example, you have some corners go down or safeties go down, well then wide receivers, because of the fact that the skill set in many respects is similar, okay, because a lot of times in high school, you know, your best receivers also play corner and safety and that sort of stuff. And so to have some guys have a working knowledge of defense because some of your backup receivers might have to go play DB. You know, if you had an outbreak, you might have to go play DB. And so those are the things, too, that I, that I think, number one, that's probably smart. But the fact that some people are considering that as a protocol tells me that there are people that are thinking long-term here that if you begin to introduce those guys, you know, with a working knowledge of the defense and say, hey, listen, here's what we do in this situation, and in the event that uh, this guy goes down, we're going to move you over. I would suspect that's not – I mean, I don't think you're going to see Osiris Mitchell or Tyrell Shavers playing safety, but I think there are some guys probably down the depth chart that would provide depth at defense that would get the first look over there. But to me, that makes perfect sense to expose them to that you know, pretty early on. So in the event that you, you know, got into a crisis situation, you've got some personnel that kind of have an idea of what you want to get done there. Uh, you know, it's one of those things, too, that I begin to think about with, um, you know, with these skill position players is that, you know, years and years ago, you know, you had a first team, a second team, a third team, or whatever, and they played both sides of the football already. So it's not like it's unheard of. We began to specialize, you know, as, as the rosters expanded and that sort of stuff. So it's not, it's not out of the realm of possibility that you could have big-time SEC players starring on both sides of the football. The bottom line is we are facing an unprecedented season. I have heard nothing at this point definitive about the start of college football being pushed back. No, I don't think they're going to even tease that for reaction until they know for sure what they're going to do. You know, one of the things I think is important that, uh, to understand is, is what, what if we get to, say, February, and we are no closer to a vaccine, we are no closer to having better treatment, we are no closer to having any better testing, th- then what do we do? Do we just bang the, the entire season again? Do we bang the baseball season again? Basketball? Again, you know, those are questions that, um, you know, I don't have the answers to. But here's one of the things that I do know, you know, barring a, uh, you know, you know, a federal uh, bailout, just about every college town in America is uh, facing a major depression without football. Talked about that with some friends over the weekend. You know, it's one thing. Okay, great. Yeah, we're going to have football in some capacity. And let's say, okay, we're going to play games. But we're not going to allow fans. So we're going to have a limited number of fans. Well, what does that mean 
What does that mean for you know our businesses around town? What does that mean for for Bulldog Burger Company? What does that mean, you know, for Harvey's or the Grill? What does that mean for uh, you know our 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 places around town like the Lodge and Campus Bookmark, Barnes and Noble? What does it mean for them? Because if you're if you're staying home to watch the game, you're not spending your money in Starkville. And there's a trickle down from all of that because the city is so incredibly dependent on the university. You know, there are many of the businesses that basically all of their operating capital they generate because of athletics. And so if you're not here, what happens to your favorite business? And you know, we've talked about it before on the show, uh, and some people brought it up on Gene's page earlier this week and said, hey, listen, what if, listen, w- what if we could order gift cards from some of our favorite Starkville businesses to support them right now? Because I know at some point I'm going to be back up there, and at some point I'm going to go away eat dinner, or, or I'm going to go, go buy something, or you know, or maybe I give these gifts as Christmas cards, uh, or give them to students, you know, graduating seniors that are going to be enrolled at Mississippi State. And there's still this discussion about, you know, online classes. And and uh, I saw earlier today, I guess it was Harvard, Harvard or Yale, one of those Ivy League schools. They're still going to charge you 50 grand for undergraduate. Uh, year but uh, they're going online for everything and uh, online doesn't mean just an internet-based course they're still going to have to to observe lectures and that sort of stuff over zoom calls but it just goes to show you that if an ivy league school is going to provide you a less than expected and less than paid for and less than promised educational experience for the same amount of money if they're going to do it chances are just about everybody in the country is going to do it so don't expect to get any discounts just because of the fact that your student can't go uh, sit in a classroom. They're still going to get lectured. They're still going to have uh, to be you know, examined. Uh, but the bottom line is, is let, let's be honest, I, I, you know, and everybody learns a little bit differently, but uh, I, I don't think that the learning experience is the same when you're on a virtual call rather than being in a classroom. I haven't had to do that, but uh, I have college-age girls that uh, deal with this stuff all the time. And it's one of those things that I think about is, you know, there's just there's some benefit in going to class and being able to interact with your teacher and be able to ask questions without, you know, the whole virtual aspect of things. And so there are a lot of context clues out there that will suggest that, that no matter what you want to believe, there are some, some it depends on who you want to, to, to read and who you want to trust. There are some people out there that are bound and determined that we're not going to play college football. And so they find tidbits and factoids that they believe support their argument. On the other side of things, there are some that think there's absolutely no way that we don't play. And so they, in turn, find little bits of evidence that kind of feed their narrative. There's not a lot of people changing their minds about this. But the bottom line is everybody's waiting to find out for sure. Nobody knows for sure. Nobody has an inside source. Everybody's waiting to figure this thing out. And, and I still believe that, uh, you know, the fear of an economic collapse is going to drive part of these discussions. And one of the things that I thought was interesting, and I, and I read a quote uh, from Nick Saban. I'm going to see if I can't kind of move some things around here and, and read this quote to you because I think it's important. Uh, if I can pull this thing up here for you. I've got, I've got a lot going on. So... Um, Nick Saban, I'm going to paraphrase here because I can't find it, but uh, Nick Saban says, you know, we want the guys to be able to play, but we've got to be able to keep them safe. 
And that's the real issue here because this isn't like the NBA or MLS or whatever where they're going to have guys in a bubble. You know, these guys are going to be interacting with people around town. They're going to get out and uh, they're going to go eat and they're going to have other students around. They're going to date and they're going to have fun and uh, probably going to have some guys in bars and that sort of stuff. And, and uh, you know, it's difficult sometimes to kind of know who to believe. You know, in the beginning, I think we believed everything because we didn't know anything. And that's what happens when these other people speak authoritatively on subjects that we're not, you know, maybe well studied on. You believe they're telling you the truth, and in hindsight, we look back, and a lot of those people didn't know any more than we did. But what do you do now? How do you trust? I, I, I can't offer a lot of solutions to that. It's because of the fact that there are some people out there that I think are agenda-driven in the media. And, and this has all become so politicized that uh, you know, how dare we ever give anybody, a political opponent, any credit for anything. Uh, but there are a lot of smart people on both sides of the aisle. The bottom line is is that we've got to find a way uh, to get this thing behind us. And uh, there are some people, too, I, at least once a week, uh, some of the fear mongers share about some other new obscure virus that uh, – it's making the rounds in China or, you know, the, the outer realm of Mongolia or something. There. You know, it's like every time you turn around, they'll share something. And more times than not, you find out that uh, this particular virus was never eradicated, you know, but there's treatment for it and that sort of stuff. And again, it goes back to kind of what we opened with the show with is that there are so many people out there that just move from one crisis to the next and they just begin to gaslight. And so, as I've said many times on the show, just relax a little bit wait for decision makers to make the decision here and kind of put out there and then we'll all adjust accordingly i still expect to play football how many fans or if fans are there that remains to be seen that remains to be seen hawthorne.co sponsors of this show man really happy to have them uh and i'll tell you funny i got uh, i got my play sent cologne over the uh, last week absolutely love it i'd forgotten how much i liked it i love the work sent love to play even more that's one of the best things about Hawthorne.co is it, it works together as a group. Go take the quiz. Go to Hawthorne. That's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.co. Take the quiz. And, and there are a lot of you that are thinking, you know what, I might just go take the quiz just out of curiosity. And you should. Go take it. takes about a minute and a half to two minutes. You answer a few questions. Then they show you which products work best for you. And uh, I have tried to play with it a little bit, you know, because there's some things out there you could take these online tests and like you always come up, no matter what your answers are, you get the same matching product. That's not the case with this. This is a real deal. The best cologne I've ever worn. You'll feel the same way. Visit them at Hawthorne, H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E dot C-O and use promo code Boneyard. It's B-O-N-E-Y-A-R-D. Use that and save a little bit or get a gift card. But again, you can get cologne, you can get body wash, you can get shampoo, conditioner, anything you need uh, as a man to feel better, look better, uh, and smell better. It's just one of those deals where... Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. That's right, the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year, and me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest. And we go up there, and just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just 
for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scoot. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing, the versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink, and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom fitted for a new pair of Tacovas boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There's just a certain level of confidence that kind of accompanies when you walk in a room and you know, you know, you just know you're on your game. And that's what Hawthorne will do for you. It'll put you on your game. Hawthorne.co, promo code Boneyard. Let's get in the top ten list. And uh, I thought with so much negativity in the world, we'd be really positive today. So let me uh, let me jump on this top ten list for you because I think it's important that I share some of this with you because uh, I, I suspect many of you feel the same way. So these are not necessarily in order, but these are the top ten things that I'm grateful for right now. This is what was on my heart when I sat down to take notes for the show. This is what I came up with. These are ten things, ten things that I am grateful for today. The first thing that I'll say is I am incredibly grateful, incredibly grateful for our armed forces families, our military families. I've shared with us on the show many times. I have such a respect for our military families and the sacrifices that they make. And, and uh, there are so many people out there that when I see them in uniform, I, I have to say it. It's almost like a reflex. And I'll say, thanks for your service. And uh, it's not just a catchphrase, but I'll, I always think to myself, how many times did I pass them as a young adult and just kind of say, well, you know, okay, whatever. I don't feel that way. You know, I, I see these videos online of these kids being reunited with their dads and their moms, and they come back and they surprise the family for a high school graduation or a wedding or, or whatever. And I, you, you see the emotion that pours out of these people. Uh, you know, for their loved one. And uh, it reminds me that this is a job that I didn't want to do. I, I didn't want to be in the military. And uh, I have a real respect for those that did. And uh, we all sleep under that same blanket of freedom. And uh, their protection should never, ever be taken for granted. And uh, so to all of you men and women of the armed forces and all of those who love you, thank you. Thank you for what you do for us. Uh, another one, the next one on my list, and again, these are not in order, is the American farmer. 
Uh, Mississippi State is an ag school. We are a farming state. We have a rich history and heritage of farming in this state. And there are so many people that, uh, that have chosen to take on the responsibility to be farmers. And that, that is a thankless job right there. You want to talk about people that don't get enough credit for what they do for this country. It's the American farmer. Man, we take that for granted. We just expect to be able to go in the grocery store and, and go get some fresh produce and feel good about life. And, and you know, we, we forget the fact that there's so many products out there on those shelves that would not exist if it wasn't for our farmers. And Mississippi State has been on the front lines of that throughout its, its uh, history of helping Mississippi's farmers farm better and more efficiently. That's one of the things that I, I discovered when I was writing Stark Villains is the role that Mississippi State played in the agricultural advance, advancements in the state of Mississippi, teaching our farmer and families how to farm their land more efficiently. It is something that makes me proud. Uh, I, my dad was an animal, uh, pardon me, animal husbandry minor with an agriculture economics major degree here at Mississippi State and uh, spent his entire career uh, working to make lives better for farmers in the state of Mississippi. And uh, it is something that I have grown up with, and uh, maybe there's a respect there that exists because of, of his legacy and what he did in his life uh, to make things better for our farming community. And so for you farmers out there that uh, don't think that people aren't noticing and paying attention, uh, I'm paying attention, and I can guarantee a lot of people out there around the state of Mississippi, you know, we pass those farming fields out there and see you guys out there on a tractor. I know for me, I think to myself, man, that, that's somebody else doing a job that I didn't want to do and doing it probably better than I could have. So on behalf of all of us, to all of you farmers, thank you. Thank you very much. I, I tell you, the, uh, and I guess in some ways some people will be you know, offended. And, and you know what, if I offend you, I guess maybe you need to be offended. Um, but the good men and women of law enforcement... There are a lot of people out there, because many in society and the media paint with such a broad brush, there are a lot of people out there that work in law enforcement that uh, are not part of any type of secret society or anything like that. It seems like you know the bad cops make the paper, and rightfully so. Okay, We have a policing problem uh, in our country at times, and it should always be called out. We should always um, you know, cry for justice for those people when, when, our, when our citizens have been mistreated. But there are a lot of people out there that are doing a job to the best of their ability. They were called into to law enforcement, not because they were bullies, but because of the fact they wanted to protect you and me. And so to all of those people, let me say this. There is a grateful nation out there that says thank you. There are a lot of people out there that are grateful for you t- for doing your job the right way. And uh, that gets lost in translation a lot of times. A lot of people say, you know what, we, don't, we focus on people that, that cut corners and, uh, and don't do things the right way. And uh, sometimes that taints the entire profession. But there are a lot of people out there that uh, I know when I have needed the police, and listen, there have been times people have called the police on me, and they very well should have. But there have been times when my family has been in danger, and I've been able to call, and and you know what? They've always come. They have always come. And I'm going to share another story with you, too, real quickly before I get out of here and move on from this law enforcement thing. and Because I think it's important that people know this. So back in 2017, the day that Hugh Freeze resigned, you know, my life changed in a major way. I had let my phone did not stop ringing the entire day without any calls on my behalf 
you know, before I could even kind of take an inventory of where things stood, I got a phone call from the Octebaha County Sheriff's Department. And somebody from the Octebaha County Sheriff's Department thought enough of me and my family to call me and say, hey, Steve, listen, we are aware of what's going on. And just to be on the safe side, we're going to kind of in- increase patrols around your neck of the woods. And uh, listen, if anything happens, if a car pulls up in the driveway and you're unfamiliar with you call 911, we'll have somebody there as soon as we can. Now, they didn't owe that to me. They didn't. They didn't owe that to me to make a call, but they made it. And so when I begin to think about all the things that have happened in my life and the times that I have needed somebody, and thankfully I didn't have to call them then, but every time that I have dialed 911 or I've had to call because of the fact that there was, you know, when I lived in Baton Rouge, there'd be a gunshot or there'd be somebody and we had a house, our house was broken into one time and all of our electronics stolen. But every time that I have called on the police and law enforcement to help me, they have been there for me. So because of that, thank you. I'm grateful to have a roof over my head because there were times in my life that I wondered if I would. And we take those things for granted. I have not forgotten what it was like those early years, you know, when you when you transition from being a kid to being a young adult and being self-sufficient, learning to pay your own bills and understanding that your paycheck doesn't all go for beer and video games. At some point, you got to pay the car insurance. you got to be able to go, you know, buy light bulbs and that sort of stuff. There's all these things you take for granted that your parents pay for. And, uh, you know, we've done pretty well. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with, uh, with the direction of life and that kind of stuff, but uh, there are so many other people out there that don't have uh, a home over their heads and, and a house over their heads. And uh, I've got a good dear friend of mine that uh, is in the final battle with pancreatic cancer. And uh, he has essentially been homeless for the last 10, 12 years. And that's by choice. But it's one of those things I think about. As I laid down last night, I wondered about him. And I, I said, you know, he's in a hospital room today. And it's one of the few times that he's had a head over a, a roof over his head and free from the elements in a long time. Very grateful that uh, I got clean water and clean food uh, at my disposal. There are many people, and I know when I the last time I took a trip to Mexico, it's one of those things that you see, and, and we often take for granted that uh, here in the land of plenty, that there is so much available to us that is unavailable around the world in many nations. And there are many parents tonight that will lay their kids to sleep without a meal. And that's not me. And I'm very grateful uh, to have been born here and uh, to have been able to to feed my family, to clothe and feed my family, and that uh, I don't have to go drink out of a diseased pool uh, to quench my thirst. Another thing I'm really thankful for is I can do it for myself. There are a lot of people out there that are dependent on other people or perhaps uh, have some type of uh, handicap of sorts that prevents them uh, from, from you know, living life the way that they'd like to live it. And that's not to say that they're any better or worse than anybody else. But uh, I'm grateful that uh, I have the faculties and the ability to take care of myself and to be able to get out and provide a living for my family. Uh, those are things that uh, there are a lot of people out there that would beg for those opportunities that don't always have them. And it's something that I often take for granted. Number four, I'm glad that I got a lot of friends that truly care about me. And I'm sure you feel the same way. And sometimes when we get down in the mires of depression and that sort of stuff, we convince ourselves that nobody cares and nobody pays attention. But it's not true. 
it's not true. We tell ourselves that because, you know, we want to have a pity party, but, uh, and, I, and I'm probably the king of that club. But uh, there are so many people that have been so gracious and friendly to me that, uh, that I, I would not even begin to know where to start to thank them all. But I am very grateful for my friends. And I have some great friends. And there were times in my life that I, I had some acquaintances that I called friends. Uh, but I've got some people now that I'm very, very grateful that they're in my life because uh, <clears throat> they provide some real value to me. And I don't mean monetarily. I mean, they're there for me when I need them. And I'm very grateful for that. Not everybody has friends. I'm also clean and sober. And I'm grateful to have wanted, learned a new way to live. Because left to my own devices many, many years ago, coming up on 30 years, goodness gracious, uh, things were different for me. And there are a lot of people out there that don't have the benefit of the help that I received. And uh, I'm forever grateful for good health insurance and an opportunity to go to Pine Grove. It is one of the only things in my life that uh, I have not been able to kind of fake my way through. And there are a lot of people that did, and they didn't make it. And I, I remember when I first went to Pine Grove, I thought, well, I'll just go memorize 12 steps, and I'll just go out in a meeting and, and, and repeat them to them. They'll say, oh, well, he's got it. Let's let him go. And thankfully, they saw right through all that nonsense. I am alive today because there's people at Pine Grove, they taught me a new way to live. Another thing that I'm really grateful for is I can believe whatever I want. You know, it's not like the old King George of England, you know, where you had to, you know, believe a certain way or act a certain way or whatever. Uh, I, I am free to believe whatever I want, you know, and so, and you are too. And, uh, you know, there may be some people out there that may judge you for your beliefs, but the bottom line is this, is they can't take them from you. You can do what you want to do when it comes to all that. And I'm so grateful uh, that I am free to worship as I choose, uh, as often as I choose, and whenever I choose. I don't have to have uh, somebody do it for me or give me any kind of direction. Very grateful for that. Very grateful that I can have my own set of values. And at the end of the day, that's between me and my maker. And finally, I'll say I'm grateful for my health and the health of my family. been very blessed to have a great family. And uh, we've had some, you know, some illness in our extended family, but uh, I'm grateful uh, that my children are healthy uh, and that my family, those that share you know, my residence, those that are, whose names appear on my tax return, are healthy. Because there are a lot of people out there that can't say that. And uh, it is easy for me, and I, and I, and I had this issue yesterday, and, I, and I'm going to move on from this, because I, I I'm sure you know, that we're ready to talk about some other things. But um, you know, my friend Scott Sorensen, I mentioned earlier, who is, uh, who is very, very ill. And uh, yesterday we had an issue here at the house. We had, we had, a, a, had a busted pipe in an upstairs bathroom. And uh, thankfully, I was home. We were able to get on it right away. But there was still some damage done, and, and I was very angry, and I was, like, I was like, I cannot believe I'm having to deal with this. And then immediately, I thought about Scott. And I thought, you know, here, how ungrateful a person am I? And listen, you're, you're going to be a little bit frustrated when things happen. But my friend is dying, and I'm fussing about a, a pie bursting that I won't remember 10 years from now. I won't remember that. It will be just, you know, something that fades into the foam of life. And I thought, you know what? you got to check yourself, Steve. You better sit down and check yourself. And so that's kind of what this was. That's my top ten list. I didn't rank them, 
because I'm grateful for all of them. I'm grateful for every single one of them. And for all of you that, that do so much uh, to help take care of me and for all your support and for those of you who subscribe to Gene's page, for those of you who listen to the Boneyard and share stuff on social media and you, and you reach out to me and you share your ideas for top 10 lists, you buy the books, whatever, thank you, thank you, thank you for making me feel like that I have somewhere to be, that I have some sort of purpose in life. It's very important to me and I'm grateful for each and every one of you. Speaking of being grateful, Campus Bookmart, longtime sponsors of this show, man. Great folks, great people, great products, great prices. They will take care of you as if you are family because in their eyes, you are. Stand a man, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie. You go by and you see them. They'll take care of you to pick out all the maroon merchandise you want. But perhaps maybe... Maybe you can't make it to town, or maybe you're not ready to kind of get out and do any shopping. You can visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays, and that is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. We don't know what's going to happen with, uh, you know, the next few weeks. But we're going to be Mississippi State fans forever. Many of us have not had a chance to come together and really celebrate Bulldog athletics since those couple days in Biloxi when we beat Texas Tech. You may have forgotten that. We beat them both games. And so maybe it's time that you updated a wardrobe a little bit and buy yourself some maroon and white merch. Give yourself a gift today by going to campusbookmart.net and ordering yourself some Mississippi State merch. Okay, and uh, when I get done from this, I'm going to go ahead and get to work right away. This evening, I'll have a story up on uh, on Eric Mealy, Mississippi State's running back coach, and I, I spoke with him at length about Kylan Hill. I didn't get into the political aspect of things. I know many people, that's what everybody's writing about. Now, Eric mentioned, you know, that, hey, he's, he's a guy that stood up for what he believed in, and how he respected that. But we mainly talked mostly about football, and I think that's what a lot of us are kind of ready to turn back to. So let's talk about Kylan Hill as a football player. And one of the things he shared with me in one of his very first meetings with Kylan Hill, he told him, hey, listen, I want to go ahead and get you ready for this. You're not going to lead the SEC in rushing next year. Now, for a guy that led all SEC running backs in rushing in the regular season last year, Clyde Hiller Edwards passed him uh, late in the year because he had the benefit of playing in the playoffs and a national championship game. Uh, yeah, but Kylan was the guy in the regular season. And so – it's going to be a different deal. He says, and listen, all-purpose yards, you're going to be what you did and probably more. But you're not going to lead the league in rushing. But we're going to do what we can to help you round out your game. And as he mentioned, the NFL is changing. You know, you don't have that 20-25 carry uh, a game running back very often anymore. You're utilizing those guys in other, in other ways. You're trying to – you're checking down on them a lot more. You're involving them in the passing game because it has become a very pass-happy league in the National Football League. And so this senior year is going to help prepare Kylan for that because, as we've mentioned many times, it's going to help him round out his game. Another interesting comment that I think you guys would, would find of note is, uh, as you're aware, Kareem Walker is from New Jersey, but I learned something else today that I didn't know is that uh, Eric Mealy knows Kareem Walker's high school coach. And Kareem Walker's high school coach reached out to Eric and said, hey, here's what's been going on with him the last few years. Kind of brought Eric up to speed. 
And I didn't know this either. This is a cool thing here. They have the Super Games thing where they do they do different stuff during the spring to kind of prepare. That the team voted Kareem Walker is one of the captains for the Super Games activities. Now that's not a team captain, but it was you know a, a captain in those events. And I think it says a lot about you know him integrating into the Mississippi State culture. And one of the things that's interesting too is you're going to have basically three first-year backs in this offense. Three. Kareem Walker. And you remember he was uh, academically ineligible last year, so he, you know, he didn't do a whole lot. And then Dylan Johnson and Jaquavius Marks. So it's going to really level the playing field uh, competition-wise. And I think Lee Witherspoon's a guy that probably th- this will light a fire under Lee, who was an explosive player in high school. But it's going to be his first year of the offense. Now, Colin Hill, of course, it's a new scheme for him too. Let's not be silly here. But uh, this is a guy that has already established himself as a true playmaker in the Southeastern Conference. So that running backs room, especially for that number two spot, that is something that is wide open. Uh, He also shared with me Dylan Johnson, I guess, was around six foot and 190 pounds when they went on the in-home visit uh, there back in January, and now he's about 6'1", 215. Uh, that's uh, music to the Bulldog ears right there. So eager to see how that room kind of rounds in the form, but uh, he did say they've done a ton of stuff with video. They've uh, tried to be as hands-on as they can be from a virtual world standpoint. You know what I'm saying? It's like they've demonstrated some plays. They've been able to kind of draw things up on a chalkboard just to kind of make these guys kind of understand what's expected. But sooner rather than later, we're going to have some resolution on uh, when the coaches can get out there and interact with players. You know, there there's some players now that have been on campus for a month, and so we have. And, I, and we, listen, we're asking, okay? And and if, if I'm not mistaken, I believe we have broken both times, and Mississippi State um, has had players test positive for COVID. So we're working sources, and uh, have not been able to uncover anything outside of those initial test results being positive. And what I mean by that is, you know, in June we had four guys that were tested positive, and then they recovered. And then we have asked and asked and asked multiple sources, and there does not ha- there have not been any additional players test positive from that grouping. And, of course, in July, you know, we had guys show up in July and we had somebody test positive, and then there were six guys that went into quarantine – some went home, some stayed here, but they're in quarantine. Uh, it wasn't, you know, a widespread infection, and the other guys did test negative, but because of the fact that they were, you know, in the area, they had to, uh, and in contact with the, the player that did, they had to go through certain protocols to ensure that they didn't spread the infection to the rest of the team. And so uh, there are a lot of things out there that we're all kind of getting up to speed on for the first time, but I think it's important to kind of understand that there are a lot of people involved in this on the SEC level, the national level. Uh, it's not like somebody out there is farther ahead than Mississippi State or Ole Miss or, uh, or Arkansas or anybody else would be in that respect. We're all kind of in this boat together as much as we don't like each other at times. We all have the same systems in place to protect us. And we all have the same protocols in place once we get into a season to see how things progress. But uh, it's interesting because I know there, there's so many people out there that have mentioned, uh, you know, the, the cause and effect of this uh, latest rise of infections, but uh, hospitalizations and the death rate are kind of continue to, to decline. Um, 
but it's just it's crazy to think about you know has as open as things have been and in many respects just kind of wild wild west at times that um you know we still haven't seen a bit of real rise in mortality and so you know my hope is is maybe perhaps the worst is behind us i know there's some people out there that believe otherwise uh, again i'm kind of figuring it out as we go uh, but there are a lot of people out there i know that um that would love for us not to play college football. I'm not one of them. I, I want what's safe and what's best for everybody involved. And, uh, you know, certainly for me and our business and everything, you know, we, we want to we see the team play, uh, but not at the risk of their lives. And so if that risk has been alleviated for the most part uh, and reduced and, uh, you know, there's available treatment or whatever, then, uh, you know, I, I don't see a lot of reason not to play. Uh, but, uh, you know, again – nobody's conducting an opinion poll and calling Steve Robertson saying, hey, Steve, we're thinking about playing. What do you think? That's not going to happen. Uh, but like everybody else, you know, 50 cents, in my opinion, will buy you a cup of coffee at the truck stop. So uh, as we get ready to move forward, there's a lot left to learn. There's a lot for us to kind of figure out. And uh, the people that, are, that have the information that we seek are just not ready to talk yet. Uh, I know a lot of people, they have these uh, – you know, clandestine sources, and we have some of them too. And I can promise you that if we had information that we believed it was material, uh, you know, to, to this matter, we would share it with you. You know, I don't always have to attribute something to uh, to somebody and, and list their names. There are a lot of things I share on this show that uh, other people have passed along to me in my conversations with them about certain topics that we share with you guys, you know, without having to say, uh, you know, this certain person gave this information. There are a lot of times, if you're willing to protect people, you'd be amazed at what they'll tell you. You know, I have no problem being the source of the information, but, you know, we talk to people too, and I just don't go out and write a ton of articles and, and reference everything to these, these sources and say, you know, sources suggest this and this and this, because there are a lot of people out there, and I know there's supposed to be a you know, measure of integrity with all of us, there are a lot of people out there that, uh, you know, they'll they'll share their opinion and then kind of, you know, uh, cite a source and then of course there's no accountability because you never know who the, the quote source was and sometimes the source is the person writing the article it's just their collective opinion they attribute it to sources and kind of move forward it's a shame it's sometimes what our industry has become it really really is well folks that's going to do it for today i'm going to go ahead and wrap things up today i'll be back on wednesday hopefully we'll have some more information to share with you guys about the direction of things but again i don't expect us to know much at all about a college football schedule until the early part of August. If we get anything before August 1st, I'll be very surprised because I think they're going to continue to kind of collect data and see how the team responds once we get into some practice sessions. And there obviously will be some closer quarters with every bit of that. So we'll see what happens. But, um, again, let me encourage you, as I've done many times, relax, take a deep breath. The month of July should be one of celebration for us uh, rather than one of trepidation for us. And so let's just let things play out and – and the people to make those decisions will let us know in August. But uh, there are a lot of people out there with some hot takes that don't have a lot of facts. they got a lot of opinions, but they don't have a lot of facts. And so let's just wait for the facts to come in. If you had not done so, go to StarkVillainsTheBook.com, and you can order signed copies of Flim Flam and Stark Villains. And very, very, very soon, you're going to be able to pre-order Alpha Dogs, and um, we're going to have that information for you. Uh, we're in the final stages. I mean, it's like uh, we talk about it all the time, but uh, – the bed, the book, it's been put to bed other than a few little housekeeping things. You know, we had to clean up some things in the introduction and the acknowledgments, and I've got a pen and epilogue, and then that'll go through the editing process, and then we'll be done. There's a chance we'll be done with it this week. 
and then it'll go to layout and the people that handle layout they'll they'll handle all that and it'll push off to publish and so uh, my hope is we can have a book for you next month but uh, i think it's probably leaning more towards uh, the early part of september and so again we don't know what's going to happen with book signing wise and that sort of stuff you know what's going to happen with college football because we do a lot of signings on game days and so we're figuring it all out like everybody else. But I'm not going to worry about that today. I can't fix that today. What I can fix today is uh, getting these articles written, getting this show published, and then getting that epilogue written. I can do that today, and then I can worry about tomorrow when tomorrow gets here. Uh, you can also find your Stark Villains gear at StarkVillains.com. Please go buy those shirts. There are a lot of people out there that uh, have asked me every time that I'm in town, like if I, go, if I go shoot pool or something and I wear a Stark Villains shirt, people say, dude, where'd you get the shirt? StarkVillains.com. Share that. Buy it. Love it. Pet it. Call it George. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.